If you have a financial question for Pega Bruce, you can call this number 24-7, 888-6-ADVICE. You can also email those questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But in the meantime, like now, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb, and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, Bruce. Peg and Denny Long, good to be with you both. Uh, and uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. If you're listening right now, it is probably either Father's Day or very close to Father's Day. So we want to wish Happy Father's Day to everybody. Denny Long, Happy Father's Day. Um, and to you, Bruce. You know, I, thank you. You know, I feel funny, Denny. I don't know what you think. At the risk of alienating you, and we have a special guest today, and I don't want to alienate him or any of our male listeners, I feel guilty about Father's Day. I'm not sure that men in general are as deserving as a special day as mothers are, but I guess we'll take it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I can't figure I'm sure some, some shrink somewhere would figure something out, but, but no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, but what I would say, yeah, what I would say, and I know you both have daughters, that daughters just look up to their father's and the mom can do nothing right. I'm just telling you. So. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of fun. Bruce? Um, Peg, we have a special guest today. You want to bring him in? Well, absolutely. Uh, today's show is called Families with Special Needs. And parents of kids with special needs often find themselves, you know, racing against time, trying to find resources. Uh, we're so grateful to have uh, a person at Wealth Enhancement Group, and let me introduce him, uh, Charlie Massimo. And Charlie actually uh, joined us in 2020, which I'm so thankful for. He's a senior vice president and financial advisor at our um, Long Island, uh, New York office, but uh, very experienced. Three decades uh, was with top financial firms, and then 20 years ago already started his own financial organization and then decided that Wealth Enhancement Group with our roundtable was the place to be. But the topic today um, lends towards something that Charlie is really passionate about and passionate enough that he founded Autism Communities, which is a nonprofit organization that provides homes to, you know, and facili facilities for, you know, um, autistic kids in places that they can live and be safe and, and feel like the living environment is something that they can aspire to. So not only is Charlie recognized as an expert in this field, but it's Father's Day and Charlie is a father of two boys that are autistic. I guess there was triplets, a little girl and, and two boys, and they're not so little anymore. But welcome, Charlie, to our program. Uh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy to be here to talk about this great topic. And I think because you're the expert, Charlie, I thought it would be good um, just as a basis for a start to talk about autism or special needs in general. What we're going to talk about today, uh, listeners, is if indeed you're in a situation where you need help, right? It's, it's just a, it, it's outside the norm. 
Um, Wealth Enhancement Group's Roundtable and Charlie, uh, you know, I would say heads this up or is the most knowledgeable person on our roundtable when it comes to um, special needs. So would you mind, Charlie, just kind of talking about um, generally out there, what are some of the statistics? Why are we seeing kind of more and more of um, adults and children kind of outside the norm? Right. Well, first I'd say I don't, you know, it's about one in 36 now. When my boys were diagnosed um, 22 years ago, it was one in 101. So we're only 22 years later, and it's now one in 36, and that population unfortunately continues to grow. There's a lot of mystery around why. I mean, there's some, I think more and more uh, people understand it and are being diagnosed earlier on. So I think that's certainly a reason for the increase of the, those on the spectrum. And, and again, doctors are becoming much more familiar. They, there's, there's things that they can look at now to diagnose autism at a very early age, which is really important because one of the keys to helping those with autism is getting services as early as possible. So I think it's really just more a general uh, um, knowledge or increase of knowledge that's, that's creating more young men and women on the spectrum. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's happening, too, and I'm finding this at Wealth Enhancement Group being there, uh, being with the organization for 25 years, is that we're finding that people that are coming into us looking for advice, it's proven that that statistic is actually rising. And so Wealth Enhancement Group definitely has the resources to help um, families with um, what we're going to talk about today. So let's kind of dive into, you know, how do you actually serve families and autistic children, you know, with your organization, and then just kind of talk a little bit about what Wealth Enhancement Group does when it comes to special needs. Certainly, and and you you hit on a couple of things, that roundtable, and and one of the things I tell a family that comes to me as, as a new client is first surround yourself with a team because you cannot possibly go about this alone. This is a 24-7 job as a parent, and it never ends, unfortunately. Autism is not one of those things where it's a, you, you, you find a cure. It just goes on and on for the rest of their life and for the rest of the parent's life. So the first thing is to surround yourself with a competent team that understands the issues. And my hat's off to Wealth Enhancement Group that, to, that they understood this very quickly and quickly put a great team in place to be able to support these families, you know, a team of tax attorneys uh, or tax advisors, team of, of special needs attorneys, and, and of course, advisors. And every advisor has bought into this very quickly because they all understand the need. So the fir- first and foremost, I tell my family, surround yourself with a team. Find a team that you can grow with, you, that your son or daughter can grow with, because, again, this is going to be a, a, a lifetime relationship. Yeah, and I've actually witnessed this too, Charlie, in that I have two nephews that are autistic um, on my husband's side. And so watching that family um, try to find that team and those resources, and they actually are uh, about the same age as as your boys. But what we're finding is that um, families alone, whether it's autism as a special need or other um, needs, 
there's a lot of anxiety. So I, I kind of related to the anxiety of retiring, which is very small compared to the anxiety of having a child that you know isn't going to really launch um, after they are done with school and that you have to um, change your entire life uh, for that. So when we talk about um, autism, let's talk about a little of some of the elements of those special needs. Well, your word anxiety is an understatement. I mean, again, my my boys are 23 years old, and, and there's probably not a day that goes by that I still don't think about what's going to happen when, you know, I'm not here, the rest of my family's not here to care for them, and who will be there to care for them? You know, and like I said, retirement's certainly anxiety-ridden, but you can hit a goal. You can say, I need X amount of dollars to retire, and then I'll be comfortable for the rest of my life. Certainly, there'll be things that we can't plan for. But when you're a parent of a child with autism, that just never stops because you don't know how much money you'll need. Um, you think about up until age 21, pretty much there's so many things that are covered through school-based services, after-school services. But after 21, things drop off a cliff and services kind of dry up. And then it's up to the parents to figure out what governmental benefits are available to me. Where's the housing going to be for the rest of their lives? So anxiety, unfortunately, um, is, is ongoing. And as parents, we need to really figure out ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves, there's no way that we're going to be able to take care of our children. So we need to figure out a way to reduce that anxiety and, and really kind of manage expectations, put a plan in place and, and, you know, follow that plan with that team that I told that, that we spoke about that needs to be there to hold your hand all the way through. Hey, Charlie, I, I just want to say publicly, um, thank you. We are really fortunate at Wealth Enhancement to have you, and, and thank you for being with us today. What an appropriate day to have this topic. And you're so inspirational, and, and I, I admire so much the things that you've done. I just want to share with, with you and, and listeners, you might not even know this. I know Peg does. From our inception, Wealth Enhancement, one of my original co-founding partners, I became aware of the extra planning for special needs because David Hess, one of our uh, original founding partners, had a special needs child, and that really opened my eyes. Until then, I had never really encountered it, never really uh, recognized or realized the different planning things that we have to do as advisors for that situation. And since then, over the years, we've had other employees with special needs kids, and I've had a lot of clients with special needs kids. I even have one client, Charlie, and Peg, I don't think you know this. I have a client who had an autistic child, and they were very frustrated with the options for how to get help and get care. Nobody seemed to know what they're doing, so they devised their own methodology, and they created their own school, if you will, and they took in, in addition to their own biological child, other autistic kids and worked with them and helped them and, and now have a very successful business with it, but it was totally a labor of love because of their own personal experience. So I've seen this a lot, and thank you for being here, and I know we're going to segue into, we've identified now the prevalence, that how much this is out there. Um, I know we're going to segue now into talking about some of the strategic things that we can do from a planning perspective um, and, and that are unique to this situation. And Bruce, first of all, thank you for those kind uh, words. I, I really do appreciate that. 
And, and you're right. To your point, there are more and more parents that really have to take the initiative on themselves and figure out solutions for themselves, which creates, back to Peg's issue, more anxiety. But, you know, there's less and less programs. You, you know, you think that our government would provide more governmental programs, yet every year they try to cut the programs for those with disabilities just again to make it much more difficult for the parents to take this on and, and to your point that's why planning comes is so vitally important to these families yeah so let's just take a a, a 40 year old that uh, cu- couples that have a dis- you know disabled child and one without how do we plan differently if if we do i mean how, what are some basic yeah. steps yeah, it's a great question, and, and this is so true. Everybody says that, you know, if you meet one child with autism, you meet one child with autism because it's, they're so different. Every single child is very different with autism. So I think the first thing you need to do is identify, first of all, you need to manage expectations. You, you need to understand at the age, because every age there are different planning needs for the child, but first you start at school-based, and, and again, you need to figure out, all right, what are the expectations of my child? What, what kind of schooling? And, it, and if there is schooling, is it, is it public schooling or are we going to have to pay for that? So the first thing we need to understand is how are we paying for services and how are we paying for education if there are no governmental uh, benefits available? And then the, the, the right from day one that I work with these parents, you know, a typical 40-year-old, we could talk about life insurance, but they think it's way down the road. We don't need to worry about it today. But with a special needs child, life insurance is probably the first critical part of the plan that needs to be put in place. Because when you think about it, statistics are it costs about $2.3 million to raise a child with autism. That's a staggering number, and I have two. So, you know, you just multiply that out. So if I can't make it, if I'm not around, how do we support those needs? So life insurance is so critically important to these families, and it's the first thing I emphasize with these families is we need to put a life insurance plan in place because nothing else matters if we don't do that. Um, and and then, then the, second, the second part of that is setting up with an estate planning attorney. Again, at 40, a typical 40-year-old couple, depending on what they have, they may not think about estate planning, but again, when you're dealing with a child or children with disabilities, if you're not here, who is going to take on that responsibility to take care of, of your children? So guardianships, um, uh, powers of attorney, healthcare directors, all this stuff takes on so much more importance to a 40-year-old couple with a special needs child versus a 40-year-old couple without a special needs child. The other thing, Charlie, that I'm thinking of is, you know, we're asked a lot of times to list beneficiaries or who should I leave my assets to? And long ago, it was actually the client that told me, well, I can't have my kid get a million dollars, you know, if if they're disabled, Um, because number one, it might hurt the services that they get. But that's another complexity that Wealth Enhancement Group works with in conjunction with the attorneys that are drawing up the um, estate because there's a lot to it. And I'm just talking about the ripple effect that could happen. Can you comment on that and then maybe some other resources that are out there? Certainly. Yeah, and to your point, this is all part of that estate planning where 
you know, there are things called special needs trust. There are first party special needs trust. There are third party special needs trust. And as a family, you need to understand the differences because if you don't, to your point, Peg, you could jeopardize governmental benefits that your children are entitled to. So setting up these special needs trusts are really, really important. And, and in conjunction with that, communicating to grandparents, aunts, or uncles, because we have seen this so many times where a special needs child will get an inheritance from a relative, and that inheritance is given directly to the child, which absolutely would impact their governmental benefits. So once you have an estate plan in place, you need to communicate to your relatives where an inheritance may come on how to leave that money. You can't name them directly as a beneficiary. You want to make sure it's the trust itself is named as the beneficiary, not to jeopardize the governmental benefits that they may be entitled to. So these are all the little nuances that have to be put in place um, to, to uh, protect the child's future. Yeah, and, and one other actually, point, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What, you know, one other go service ahead, that wealth that wealth enhancement group has that's been that's going to be invaluable in the future. You know, a lot of these families don't have anyone to name as trustee over their trusts, um, and even if they do, you know, sometimes people just name a trustee without understanding the impact of naming that person and the amount of work that goes into being a trustee, especially if it's a special needs child. So Wealth Enhancement Group, you know, a few years ago, as you know, bought a trust company. And now as right. having that trust company, we're able to name that trust company as the trustee. And we have done this already for clients. And that takes a huge load off the parents worrying about who's gonna manage prudently and from a fiduciary standpoint, and not just emotionally, to manage the money that will be left for my child one day. So that's been a very invaluable service. And I think that's going to be one of the parts of the company that grows significantly over time. Well, because when you talk about that trust company that we purchased, that's not only for disabled people, that's also for all these parents out there that don't necessarily want one child or their child to get the monies directly. Um, and, and not that they don't think maybe they could handle it, it's just so complex today. And so having that service within Wealth Enhancement Group is great. We've only got a couple minutes here, but can you just uh, talk a little bit about that ABLE account that's kind of a recent, uh, something new? Yeah, so an ABLE account uh, is, is a great tool to use. I think most people are familiar with 529 accounts that we use for saving for college education. You put money in, it grows on a tax-deferred basis. A few years ago, the, ABLE, the um, 529 ABLE account was started to allow families or even those individuals on the spectrum who have the ability to work, because again, if we have over $2,000 as a disabled person in your own name, you can lose governmental benefits. The ABLE account allows the individual to earn or somebody to contribute into the ABLE account. Now I believe it's $17,000 a year without impacting governmental benefits. And that's, that's a huge um, um, resource for families. But again, it gives the young man or woman who can have the ability to work on a limited basis, really have a fulfilling life and earn some money that they can put away for themselves so these ABLE accounts have really been, um, I think, a godsend. And I think over the years, you're going to see that, that minimum increase every year 
um, so that there's there's more opportunity to put more money away without impacting uh, governmental benefits. If you're just joining us, listeners, or if you joined us late, we're fortunate today to have uh, Charlie Massimo with us. Charlie's a senior vice president in uh, Long Island with Wealth Enhancement, and we're talking about families with special needs. In particular, we've been focusing on uh, families with kids somewhere on the uh, spectrum of, with autism. And the, the main things we talked about so far in terms of special planning for these situations, the uniqueness of these situations, we talked about the focus and importance of life insurance early and getting a lot of it. We talked about a special needs trust, and we've talked about these ABLE accounts. Um, we're about due for a break, Charlie and Peg, but Denny, when we come back, we'll finish up our discussion, make sure we get everything out that we want to for listeners, and then we'll let listeners ask their questions about this and any other financial topics. Very good, Bruce. Yeah, we'll do that very thing. And keep in mind, if you have a financial question midweek, let's say, you can always call 888-6ADVICE. Again, that's 888-6ADVICE. But during the show, please call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Also, if uh, you'd rather send an email question, we can do that too. Just send those email questions to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. But do call or text us right now, 651-461-9226. Stay with us. We'll be back with more of your money. If you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, call this number 247-8886-ADVICE. You can also email those questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But during the show like now, you can call or text our studio line 651 461 9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President, Financial Advisor Peg Webb, and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Thank you, Danny Long. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there with us. If you joined us late, our discussion today has been about families with special needs. And Peg, uh, will you please uh, introduce our very special guest, and, and we'll get back into our topic. And then before the end of the hour, we'll get listeners involved. I would love to, Bruce. Thank you. Charlie Massimo, he, actually, he's um, a, a New Yorker, Long Island, New York. And some people listening to our show may say, New York? Wealth Enhancement Group has offices in New York. We have offices from, you know, Manhattan to uh, Los Angeles at this point in time. And that's part of that roundtable. And so we were thrilled to have Charlie uh, add us because he's worked for top financial firms and then 20 years ago started his own firm. But guess what? He wanted to be with Wealth Enhancement Group because of our roundtable and our resources and our all-sharing culture. Uh, Charlie's a founder of Autism Communities, which is a nonprofit organization that helps provide homes to facilitate independent and safe living um, for adults that have autism. So not only is Charlie recognized as an expert in the field of um, special needs planning, which we talked about in the first half an hour, Charlie's a father of two autistic boys, um, which is just a grand motivation to, um, you know, help in, in that area because, as Charlie said in the first half, there's a lot of need out there um, and for recognizing housing, especially after 21. So thank you, Charlie, for being with us. One of the things that we didn't talk about in the first half was um, a day, uh, something we do every day, right? We, we do risk management in investing for clients. 
And so I thought maybe we could address, you know, how do we build separate buckets for goals for these children? Um, And when I say children, it could be, you know, 23-year-olds, 33-year-olds, but like our children, some children are of our clients are 50 years old, right? So when when we talk about those buckets and goals for children, um, it, how, how do you go about doing that? Is that really different than what we do for other clients? In, in a way, it is, Peg. And you brought up the example of a 40-year-old couple with a special needs child, and we're related to that. So if a 40-year-old couple typically comes to us without a special needs child, we have a pretty long runway to help them invest toward retirement, which is usually the, the ultimate goal is retirement. So we can build portfolios knowing they'll go up and down, um, very well diversified portfolios. The difference with a 40-year-old uh, couple with a special needs child is that, yes, the runway to retirement may be the same, but because our daily costs are going up and up every day to care for the child, we just really truly have to manage risk. So we have to build portfolios that are a little bit more conservative for a typical 40-year-old couple because we really can't weather you know, 30% downturns in a bear market. So we have to really build these portfolios differently. And to your point about the bucket, so a lot of times families come to us and they just have one lump sum of investments. They don't really have a plan around those investments. So the first thing we do is we break it up in buckets. And what I mean by that is we have one bucket and, and, and we build that bucket strictly for their retirement assets. And we invest it very differently. We build a second bucket that is built for the special needs child. And we think about and look at all the resources that may be available and for many, that, that bucket, for many, that bucket may be filled only with life insurance for at the time when they are no longer here. But also that bucket will be part of the special needs trust. So we will build that portfolio very differently. But if you do not, if you do not segment these buckets, you just really don't have any idea you know, how you're progressing towards your goal. So the bucket planning approach and, and how we manage portfolios specifically for those buckets is so vitally important. And just one other point there. You know, a lot of people want to say, I'll do it myself because we don't want to pay an advisor. And I always say this, if, if, if you're going to just pay an advisor to invest and buy an S&P 500 fund, honestly, you don't need to pay an advisor. Just go buy it yourself. But when you're talking about the complexities of what we deal with, not just for our special needs clients, but for all our clients. But let's go back to the special needs clients. When we're dealing with these complexities, there's no, and I'm gonna say this from personal experience, and this is something I do every day, there's no possible way you can do it yourself with all the emotion that's attached to this. So it's so vitally important to get the whole, to, to let go of your ego and say, I can do this myself. You cannot do this yourself successfully. So that whole roundtable approach that you brought, working with professionals is so vitally important to these families. Charlie and Peg, one of the things that occurs to me, um, and I'll draw an analogy, when we have um, couples that are, that are getting older and one of them starts to have a deterioration of their health and the healthy partner has to take on responsibility for caring for them, helping them on a daily basis, maybe before they're, they're ready for um, 
care in a facility or something like that. I always worry about the quote unquote healthy partner because it takes such a toll on them physically, emotionally, and otherwise. So I think about parents of special needs kids. And Charlie, again, you you're we're, we're preaching to the choir here. You you're you're the guy with with two special needs kids. You you have to focus on you as well and your in your health, right? Absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get, this is a real life example that and and. As much as I've gone through this myself personally with other clients, when I meet new prospects and I, and I see their examples, I actually am grateful that, that the things in my life are not as bad as some other parents, which I totally emphasize with. So we met a couple, and Bruce, this is to your point. We met a couple three, four weeks ago. He's a physician. Uh, she's a, she's a, a physician that couldn't practice because they take care of the son. This is a couple in their 80s. The whole time they were on Zoom with us, they had another TV to the side of their bed because their autistic son has about three to four seizures a day, a day. And they can't, mm-hmm. they can't, they have to watch them all day. <laughs> Excuse me. So to your point, if they, if they have to find a way to take care of themselves, even in their eighties, let alone take care of their child. So yeah, to your point, Bruce, you need to find a way to take care of yourself. And I think about this all the time. You know, I do all the things I do, because I truly want to be as long uh, here uh, on this earth as long as possible to take care of my children because I do, I am, you know, I do think about the day that I'm not going to be here any longer and I worry about it every day. Mm-hmm. Bruce? Peg, Charlie, um, anything else that you guys want to make sure that we share with listeners on this topic? I would just I would just say, don't you know if you get the diagnosis of autism, don't try to say no. That's not true. It's not my son. Go through it. Understand what it means. Try to find out more information because the worst thing you can do for your son or daughter that gets that diagnosis is to do nothing. And I'm not even talking about the financial aspect of it at this time. I'm just talking about reach out to other parents that have been through it understand why it's so important to accept that diagnosis even if it's not the the even if it's it, even if it's a false diagnosis but my point is there's no harm to go through once you do get the diagnosis to go through the services to go through the additional testing but again get the support group around you right away and again i want to mention i think listeners um or maybe a lot of our listeners might not have an appreciation just for how prevalent this is. And again, we can rattle off statistics, but I just see it so often in my practice, Charlie and Peg, and and you can't even make this stuff up. I literally had it happen last week. It was an introductory meeting with someone, a prospect, not a client yet, but during the course of our fact-finding, he told me they have a special needs child, and one of the things we talked about he has a sister that's very affluent with no children, and he knows his children are going to be uh, beneficiaries of their estate. And he brought up the question, you know, what if they leave money to my special needs child? And I said, do you have a special needs trust? He said, we do. And I said, well, you're going to have to tell your sister to name the trust as the beneficiary, not name your child directly. So it literally just came up in my practice uh, in the last week. Yeah. And Bruce, so many other 
things as, as an advisor that we can add value. You know, with the SECURE Act, things, you know, we have this whole stretch IRA. But what parents don't realize is that if you have a disabled child, you know, now with the whole rule change, if, you, if, if a child inherits your IRA, you have to stretch it out only over 10 years, not you lose that whole lifetime stretch. But if you have a disabled child, they're able to stretch that out over their lifetime. That's a huge benefit. So in understanding how to name beneficiaries, and if you have multiple children, why it might be more beneficial to name the entire IRA to the special needs child and not the other and balance it out some other way. These are those small planning things that if you don't stay on top of, you're going to miss out on huge opportunities. Jane tells me there's... Go ahead. Go ahead, Peg. I was just going to no, say please. that just that just reminded me of you know um, not only the special needs trust but in my case where the two nephews have autism um, the third child does not and so you you kind of, I, now I'm kind of wondering like what is their plan is it that the youngest child is going to take care of the others or you know you really have to look out further which I think is very difficult for our clients to do, even if there isn't a deep disabled child, you know, to look out further, to make plans. Um, and so I just wanted to comment on that. That probably is also uh, just a, a huge load on, on um, parents. Charlie? It is, because as you mentioned earlier, I have triplets, right? I talk about my boys all the time. My daughter who's in grad school for speech pathology currently we have these conversations all the time, and I will tell you, she's very, um, not that she doesn't want to do it, but she's very concerned she won't know what to do if she has to take on the care of her two brothers, and she's been around them, obviously, her entire life, and I don't want to put that burden on her. She deserves to have her own life. So another part of our service, you know, we, we have these family meetings. We bring the families together to have these difficult conversations that families try to avoid and you just can't avoid them. So yeah, Peg, that's a great point. And, and you need to understand their plan and help them if they don't have one, help them create one through all the different resources that are out there and available to them. Denny tells me we've had a uh, caller on hold for quite a while. Let's take a call. Very good. Again, here's the number, 651-461-9226. Call or text. Jim is on the line. Thank you for waiting, Jim. What is your question? Thank you very much for the program. I have a special needs child who is now an adult. I'm a, Charlie, I apologize, but I'm doing it all myself. Um, what I'm looking into is in the inheritance of my estate, putting my Roth money into either his supplemental, some people call it, or special needs trust, which is not set up yet. Um, he also has a small brokerage account. The only program he's under is medical assistance because health care insurance is so expensive. Everything else I fund, I don't have him truly diagnosed because I thought that was a limiting factor in his image and growing up. I, I know you're telling me to get some help. It's hard to do, as you know. Um, but is the Roth the right way to go to put into when I set up a supplemental or special needs trust? Thank you very much. Yeah, and and, and um, certainly those are all great questions. I, listen, a Roth is always advantageous, right, for the tax benefits, certainly. Um, so we always would, would say, yeah, use look at Roths. But, again, it, it depends on the type of trust. There are conduit trusts. There are different type of trusts where you will not lose the 
opportunity to stretch out. And if you name the trust incorrectly, I should reverse that. If you name the trust incorrectly, the beneficiary of an improper trust, your child will lose the opportunity to stretch out over his or her lifetime because the trust becomes an entity instead of an individual. So this is why it's really important to to work with a special needs planning attorney that understands the different type of trusts, understands how to name the beneficiaries properly if you are going to name the trust the beneficiary of your Roth IRA. Um, So one, I definitely agree with the Roth IRA for the tax benefits, but I would say sit, and again, I don't know what state you're in, but sit with your attorney and make sure that you have the proper naming of the trust in the Roth IRA, and it's the right type of trust. Bruce? Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think what, uh, different roads that we could take that question. But, uh, you know, Charlie, you talk about um, the right kind of trust. So, again, we're, we're using, uh, and for all listeners, if you joined us late, um, three of the things that we talked about today that, that are crucial in terms of this type of planning, if you have a special needs child, we talked about the importance of life insurance. And if you think about this logically, if you're the parent of a special needs child and you're taking care of that child, whether they're still a minor or an adult, what happens to them when you're not here anymore? I think you can quickly understand the importance of an infusion of capital if you're not here anymore so there's money to care for that special needs child. But we also talked about ABLE accounts. Uh, ABLE, of course, is an acronym our industry's big on acronyms. It's Achieving a Better Life Experience Accounts. And we've been talking a lot about special needs trusts. And Charlie, you just, in answer to the question for the caller, you talked about making sure it's the right trust. Dive a little deeper into how special needs trusts can vary and be different, and how how do you know how to set up the right kind? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. So primarily there are two types of special needs trusts, a first party and a third party. A first party trust is set up when money is left to the disabled person directly. Um, if there's a lawsuit, which they win, or any other, or an inheritance that's named to them directly. That's called a, that would have to go into a first party special needs trust. Now the downside to a first party special needs trust is that when the disabled person dies, um, Medicaid comes in first and is able to invade that trust for everything that they've paid for on behalf of the individual. So you don't get the opportunity to name a beneficiary. Uh, a third party special needs trust, which is what most people set up, again, usually first party special needs trusts are set up because they've done something incorrectly already and this, the young man or woman already has money in their own name and they have to move it out of their name. They can't move money out of their name into a third party special needs trust. They have to move it into a first party. So that's usually where that happens. A third-party special needs trust, which is much more common, is basically where that trust is set up, money, and you can have multiple special needs trusts. You know, you can only have one ABLE account, which is one limit to it, but special needs trust, you can have, you can have multiple third-party special needs trusts, but it's really important to communicate to all your family members that naming that special needs trust as a beneficiary to your estate if you're leaving money is really important because, again, that special needs trust will protect the individual's governmental benefits. The other benefit to a third-party special needs trust is you can name your own beneficiary. So if you have another sibling, as I do in, in the example Peg mentioned, 
I can name my daughter the beneficiary of that special needs trust when my boys are no longer here, where in the first party, I cannot. So the third party protects all those assets from, from Medicaid coming in and invading that trust to get paid back first. So it's a really important distinction. I was just going to say, it sounds like a dramatic difference, the first and third. So education around those trusts would be really important. Bruce? Well, I was going to say, it's very evident, just based on our, our time today, how complex this is and how difficult it would be to do this on your own. And on a weekly basis, we talk about financial planning uh, under the best of circumstances is complicated and nobody could know it all. But when you add this complexity, um, it makes it even harder. People should not do this on their own. Peg and Charlie, we've got less than two minutes. I, I just Each of you maybe a uh, couple seconds on what you think are the key takeaways for listeners today uh, before we close. Peg? Yeah, I wanted just to, to say that um, I would agree, Charlie, that we're seeing more and more cases with special needs. I found it interesting that the caller, Jim, said that he didn't actually make the disability aware because he felt like it was a limiting factor. That kind of actually opened my ears a little bit, too, in that, you know, how many people are out there that are not um, really exposing the fact that they're dealing with this and that, um, today was a good refresher, Charlie, because I, I do see you as a, a, a an expert in the special needs um, planning and glad that you're on our roundtable. Each one of us as independent advisors, we can't possibly know it all. So, uh, Charlie, can you just kind of recap the show? Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I think surrounding yourself with the proper team and self-care, you know, Bruce brought it up before. You know, when you're on an airplane and they say when the oxygen falls, put it on yourself first and on, then on your child. Now, this is the same thing. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of your child. And you have to keep it in balance. You have to keep it in perspective. But, again, you have to really surround yourself with the right team that's not only knowledgeable but is very empathetic and really helps you and helps guide you through the things that you don't know that may happen and, and, and having someone – you know, with experience is, is very vital in, in, in that team aspect. Charlie, thank you for joining us. Everyone make it a great day. Denny? Thanks very much, and we'll uh, hope you join us again next week with more of your money. In the meantime, if you have a financial question, you can call this number 24-7, 888-6ADVICE. Of course, you can also email those questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com, 888-6ADVICE, or your money at wealthenhancement.com. See you back next week with more of Your Money.